Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. Starry, starry night Paint your palette blue and grey Look out on a summer's day With eyes that know the darkness in my soul Shadows on the hills Sketch the trees and the daffodils Catch the breeze and the winter chills In colours on the snowy linen land Now I understand Hello and welcome to this episode of That's What She Said. Uh, today we're taking a break from the voice series to hit you with Pamela Bates, who uh, whose work sort of jumped off the Instagrams and into my life and frankly, my bedroom. So um, she is a painter and an artist, and I can't wait for you to hear more from her. So hello. Hey, I just even love that, that my work just jumped right at you. It did. Uh, It did what it wanted very much. I was just like, oh, I need this right now. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) There's nothing I would rather hear, you know, as an artist. That really makes me happy. Good. Um, So in the style of Krista Tippett, I would love to start with a quote and give you some places to riff. Um, I don't have any like must answer questions, but I do have some things I would love to talk about. I have thought about this conversation. So um, the quote from you, from you somewhere. (laughs) It's uh, I love art, everything about it, including the challenges, the messes, the not so great things it teaches me about myself. All of it. Oh, Amen. And so I will continue to step outside of my comfort zone and work at it so I can become a better artist. I may never become the kind of artist I want to be, but I'll be damned if I'm not going to give it my all. I love it too much for anything less to be acceptable. Wow. Right? You said that. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It sounds like something I've said. I don't know. Uh, That's an amazing quote, and I could not agree more. Um. I really, I really couldn't like uh, the messes, the mistakes, the challenges, it's all part of it. It's such a huge learning experience. Every step of the process uh, from uh, I really just like starting to put marks on canvas or paper to going through the ugly stage where you're like, oh my gosh, what am I creating? 
to learning to trust. And that is huge. And that takes time to really trust the process. Um, It's not even about so much trusting yourself as trusting the process. And eventually you get through the ugly stage and then you wonder, uh, wow, what was I worried about? What was I worried about? So I feel like with art, there's a lot of uh, intertwined and reflection of life in general. And I think it is the most amazing thing. It transformed my life. Uh, As I said to you, Kristen, uh, I had my own business for 23 years helping small business people with uh, design, branding, uh, advertising, marketing, planning, and all of that. And I loved my clients, but I was really burnt out from some heavy-duty life challenges and from looking at a computer screen for that long. Uh, 24 hours a day, you know, well, maybe not 24. That might be exaggerating <laughs> a little bit, maybe a little bit exaggeration. But I was burnt out. And my sister said to me, hey, let's go to the Gardner Museum in Boston. I think it's such a beautiful, peaceful place. You could really benefit from it. And I had never been. Uh, odd that my sister had been, but I hadn't been because I'm the creative person. But uh, we went, we hopped the train, we stayed overnight, and we got into the gardener, and we were one of the first people there, walked into this amazing museum, this amazing space with this, it's like a, a Venice palace in the middle of the Fenway of, in Boston. And there's an amazing courtyard with plants and the architecture is insane. But I stepped into the room to the side, uh, which is, oh, I think it's like the Spanish grotto, it's called. And I stepped in and turned around. And in front of me was John Singer Sargent's painting, El Jaleo. Literally took my breath away. It's huge. It's an entire wall. And Isabella Stewart Gardner, who is a hero. She, wow, what a woman. She created this museum, curated this museum. She's just incredible. I digress. El Jaleo in front of me. A security guard came in and said, oh, I haven't even put the lights on in this room yet. Turn the lights on. And this painting knocked me back across the room. I literally went, stepped back, stepped back, and my breath was taken away. And that moment is what changed my life. I picked up a paintbrush after that museum visit, and I haven't stopped since. Yes. So, but it isn't that simple. So it sounds so simple, but it is so not simple when you're like, okay, well, that basically destroyed your life then for a moment. So tell me about that. Like the part that everybody skips over is like, it was good and then it was great and then I won. Yeah, I know. Um, It's... I don't really think of it that way. I I didn't really feel like it destroyed my life. I felt like it opened it up. Uh, It opened up what should have been there all that time. And uh, I don't know. I I guess maybe being a, a small business person for so many years, I didn't have the same fear that perhaps somebody who had had a traditional uh, workplace job had had. I've had my own 
um, you know, home business office for that long. So I was kind of used to that routine. But sure, scary as hell about transitioning and changing what I was doing. But at the same time, not because I felt it really deep down in my soul that this was what I had I had to do. I did not kind of like that quote, I didn't have a choice. I, you know, I felt so incredibly moved um, by the art. And then when I was practicing art, that I just knew really that it was it was right. Is it hard? Sure. It's I'm not gonna lie. I mean there's there's challenges. I mean there's challenges with any business that you have. Um, so when you look at art in that way as a business, yes, there's many challenges. When you just look at art as art and creating, sure, there's other challenges, like I said, uh, you know, getting unstuck, trust, all of those issues come up over and over and over again. But the transitioning that that was, um, you know, it's still happening. I'm still ongoing. I'm still trying to grow my art business. Sure, There's always sure. going to be challenges in that area. Had you been painting forever and ever? Or were you like, oh, I need to pick up a, a paintbrush and begin? I, I have been creating forever and ever in so many different ways. Uh, I, I have been painting all my life, not in the same way. But uh, as a young girl, I was probably, I'm going to say about seven years old. This is like the art business connection right here. I was painting rocks. Um, and I've come to find out that I am not the only person in the world who paint rocks. There's actually a few people who paint rocks. Uh, and I went door to door in my neighborhood selling painted rocks. <laughs> so, <laughs> I guess I had that entrepreneurial, uh, artistic spirit, even at the young age of about seven, uh, you know, and, um, but we were always creating in different ways in my neighborhood. We, we were very theatrical. We put on shows. Again, here's the marketing connection. Uh, we would make posters and we would bring them to other neighborhoods. And we literally had kids from other neighborhoods come to our shows and pay to see them. So I've always been creative. I've had, um, you know, I've done a lot of crafting, uh, you know, sewing, Painting, drawing. I did a lot of drawing in college and, you know, had a drawing class. Had I realized then, I, I got a degree in communications, but had I real, I did think about it then. I actually thought about going to a different school to study art more, um, but I didn't. I stayed where I was at the College of Mount St. Vincent in the Bronx. Shout out to the Bronx. Um, but I, I have always been creating in some way but painting specifically you know no really just the last um probably three years so i'm still new that's amazing so um i do see uh on the instagrams at least it makes you look this way that you're creating every day or nearly every day i Um, try yeah And consistency is really difficult for most people, in particular people that work from home to find. So can you just talk a little bit more about your habit and your schedule and how you make that happen? Well, uh, again, I think it falls back to the years of having my own business. You have to come to some routine, come to find some routine that works for you, whatever it may be. But it does need to be a routine. And, 
you know, if you're considering these things as a business, you have to treat them like a business. It's just that simple. So, you know, I get up in the morning, I, you know, I try to be working by nine. I, sometimes I'm painting, sometimes I'm doing the business of arting. Um, you know, but I try to make time for my art every day, even if it's just a small sketch to get that practice in. Uh, I participated in the 100 Day Project last year, and that was such a beautiful growth experience and very helpful in kind of supporting that habit of creating every day. I wish that I could create all day every day, but that's just not realistic when you're you know, trying to grow a business or even running a business that is grown that, you know, what you want to do uh, is not doesn't make up every component of the day when you're trying to grow and support support an already established business, you have to do the business end of things. So as I said, I, I get up, I have a little, I have juice, I fresh press my juice and, uh, I used to have tea, but I gave that up. And then I just get to it. You just got to get to it. Answering any emails, checking my social media, uh, posting on social media. And then I have at it. it. My days differ. Sometimes I might paint in the morning, depending on what I have, and then do some business stuff in the afternoon. I might paint all day if I have a, a an incredibly awesome <laughs> day that allows me to do that so I can get lost in that studio time. Uh, but often you have to take care of the business end of things. And then I try to wrap it up around five or six. Uh, sometimes I go back. I tend to be a late night painter. My only problem with that, uh, I'm a night owl. So I do love the rhythm of late night painting when everything kind of gets quiet again and uh, I can really plow through a lot of stuff and uh, have a blast doing it. But light is a challenge uh, because natural light is, it's better than any other light I've found. I, I've tried the daylight. So I do try to get some painting in, in the daytime, but I do often find myself painting again at night. That's awesome. my routine. That's my routine. Uh, you know, I try to set aside time every week for the menial, tedious tasks that I really dislike. Bookkeeping. Yeah, I call that the muggling. Bookkeeping mm. is the main oh, of no. my existence. But it yeah. has to be done. Uh, although there is a pile of it looking me in the face today. But uh, I think that's on the slate for tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah. So one of the things that st that strikes me or stands out to me uh, is that I follow a shit ton of artists on Instagram. Mm. Um, and it's incredibly rare for me to find people who are sharing and selling their paintings regularly without minimizing, without apology, without like, oh, gee, I'm so sorry. I'm just so grateful that you maybe looked and maybe could you give it a like? That's sort of the apologetics of art. And you don't have that or you don't appear to have that. Um, so can you talk to me about that's not an easy road to do. <laughs> mm. Well, um, it's all kind of trial and error. You, you have, you know, with social media, I mean, you have, if you're selling on social media, that's all trial and error. But 
when you decide that you have something to offer the world, you have to believe, I, I don't know, you just have to believe in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, why the hell should anybody else? If you don't believe in what you're doing, whether it's art or anything else for that matter, honestly, you have no reason to expect other people to believe in it. And I believe in what I do. I believe in art. I believe in the power of art. I believe in creating. If art isn't specifically the way you create, I, I just think creating adds uh, so much to your life. It, it brings me so much joy. And I want other people to feel that. So uh, I don't know. I, I guess I don't feel shy. Sometimes I post things that have a price. Sometimes I just say DM me because it's kind of a crapshoot, Kristen. Some people like it when people put a price and they know up front what something is and other people are a little put off by that. But let's be honest. I'm in this to grow a business and I'm not going to grow a business if I don't offer my product or in somebody else's case service. Uh, you just have to get over it. Get over it. <laughs> you just have to get over it. Get over that fear like of like that. tooting your own horn, you know? Uh, damn, toot it as loud as you can. Because like I said, if you do not believe in yourself and what you do, number one, why should anybody else? Number two, people are going to read that. They're going to they're gonna see it. They're going to feel that you don't believe in yourself or what you're doing. And I. I just do. I don't know that, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but I just think that when you have something like art that speaks to your soul and for goodness sakes, like literally I've changed the direction of my life for it, then I, you know, I don't have a problem putting it out there. I mean, sure. That doesn't mean I'm not nervous at times, uh, you know, I just had my first solo exhibit in December and that was, uh, you know, certainly I had butterflies, but I think it was more about the expectation of, I don't know, in really nice response, which there was, and that gets you excited. So it's more exciting butterflies than, I mean, it is nervous sometimes. You think, oh, if I put it out there and there's crickets. Well, you know what? Sometimes there's crickets. You might put something out. You know, I have paintings that I did at the beginning of my journey that, you know, took a while to sell, but that I, I truly believed in. Uh, I just uh -huh. sold, you know, an amazing painting that I absolutely loved and it meant so much to me. I, you know, but I probably did it now, probably like two years ago, and it just sold in October. It has to find its person. And that that's kind of what it is for anything, whether it's a painting or, again, your service or your product. You kind of have to find your person. And I guess I just trust that these things are going to find um, their people. That's lovely. You've also, um, the, the, I wanted to talk about your solo exhibit. It was all, um, it seemed to be largely influenced by grief, but it also, from my perspective, looked incredibly 
um, light. So can you talk about, just talk about um, the grief and the ways that you've used it or not to influence what you're doing at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. So on top of other life challenges that I was going through, uh, my dad was having a few health crises. He fell down some stairs at my parents. And, and this is a couple of years ago now. And um, was knocked out, got a concussion, broke some ribs. So he was hospitalized. And that was a very long journey back. And then we were, you know, he was gaining and then he started having some other issues, and he, um, sadly, he had a, a brain hemorrhage, uh, was sent down to Mass General. We have the best hospitals here, but it really had done so much damage. So I lost my dad, at, which is still incredibly hard because he wasn't just my dad. He was, uh, you know, uh, my friend. Uh, my biggest cheerleader, my parents are incredible, my biggest cheerleaders for whatever I did. He was so excited about me going in this direction of art. Um, So that was very difficult. And grief is an absolute monster. Uh, It's a monster. And you really, it's like a roller coaster. And you don't have the bar, the safety bar is broken. (laughs) Yes, yes. Literally, and you are just hanging on for dear life. You are just trying to hang on and and not fly out of the roller coaster. You're just trying to stay afloat. I didn't paint for over a month, which actually is, you know, I think when somebody goes through this, an artist goes through this, it's often longer. So I guess I feel lucky that I kind of got back on the art wagon as quickly as I did. But That said, there was still so much processing of grief to do. And the biggest thing I did for myself was really allow myself the space and the grace to accept the grief process for what it it is. And any given day can be entirely different. So I started right off with a very large... uh, a large painting, I won't say very large, but 36 by 36 on the easel. I didn't start small. I went whole hog and just started to get back in my groove. And the painting evolved. And when you're working on something like that, you know, sure, step away and then come back to it. And I was doing other things in the meantime that became part of this collection that ended up being created through the grief, uh, my inertial guidance collection, uh, which is a nod to my dad. He was an inertial guidance engineer. He was a missile and rocket (laughs) engineer. And inertial guidance, if if you look it up, it's kind of a system that readjusts. It keeps readjusting on its own. There's something internal that, uh, as it moves towards its target, the internal system, uh, like a gyroscope, it keeps adjust, readjusting itself to stay on target. So I, I created very freely with this collection. I, I, I let myself be loose in my movement and my 
brush strokes and uh, how the paint worked if I was working on paper, sometimes watercolor, sometimes I was working with acrylics on paper, or even the big one, which was an acrylic on canvas. And I did other uh, works on canvas. I just allowed myself that space. And I didn't set any time restraints on myself. Just whatever was happening was going to unfold. So I trusted that it would all unfold in its due time. That said, I completed the collection uh, the year that my dad died. So uh, 2017, I had it completed you know, probably he passed away in July. I had it complete. I began painting again in August. I was probably done with the collection in October or November. And then I tried to launch this collection. And here's a little bit more about the trust. I tried to launch this collection probably three times, even put it out there and said, uh, my collection is going to be launched, uh, you know, on such and such a date uh-huh. for some reason. And whatever that reason was, uh, the powers that be, the universe kind of kept putting, maybe it was me. I was putting my own roadblocks up. Maybe it wasn't the universe. Maybe it was just me. <laughs> I wasn't ready. The collection wasn't ready. I couldn't get my photographs to look the way I wanted them to look, I, I, which has not generally been a problem for me. So it was all these odd things that just kind of stopped. And then this year I was, uh, I was with three of my girlfriends. We call it book club, but it's really the champagne ladies. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the of course. Ladies. <laughs> and one of my friends owns an incredible restaurant in Exeter, New Hampshire, which is right next to where I live. And she has an incredible space over. And she said, well, why don't you, I was telling her how this collection has been, it's been ready to go, but for whatever reason, I I couldn't, I couldn't release it. And she said, well, why don't you launch it upstairs over the moon, which is this beautiful light filled space with cathedral ceilings and beams. It's just a beautiful space, incredible energy. And, uh, and I jumped on it. I'm like, really? And she she said, yes. And I said, oh, Kath, that's so generous. So I did. I created my own solo exhibit. And here's like a little bit about, um, you know, making things happen for yourself. Number one, trusting that things happen in their own time, because I was still going, even now, still going through the grieving process. And this is when it was meant to happen. this is when it was meant to happen. So December, I I had the uh, solo exhibit and the opening night was incredible. I was surrounded by um, my family. Uh, you know, even my brother, Billy, came. <laughs> like, I said, I don't know that I ever expected to see you at an art exhibit, Bill, let alone mine. Uh, but he came and, you know, my whole my family came. My friends came, people I hadn't seen or expected to see, like, it really was just a beautiful thing. And so I guess, you know, creating through the grief process, that definitely taught me a lot about trusting the process. Um, And again, giving yourself the grace to go through something like that and, and the space 
and the time to allow things to unfold uh, as they're meant to unfold. Awesome. And then how did you, I have questions about collections in general and about this specific yeah. one, like how, how big was it? The sort of scope of work? Did you map it all out beforehand or not? And then how do you know when it's done? How are you like, Oh no, no, it's exactly, it's exactly 13. It's not 14 pieces. It's just these 13 mm. or whatever it is. How do you know? Right. For the most part, I haven't mapped out number wise. Um, I've done a few collections at this point. Um, Let's see, I've done Ruled by the Tide and um, In Full Bloom, uh, did the 100-day collection. There's something I'm missing in between. But no, I didn't really map out any of them that they should have so many pieces and should include this and that. And that also goes for the Inertial Guidance collection. I let it kind of evolve the way it wanted to. And I don't, I don't know if I can really put my finger on how you know when a collection is done. It just feels complete. I will say this, though. It ended up being a fairly large collection. And this kind of gets down to the business nitty gritty of things. That when you have a large collection, even like my 100-day collection, which I launched as a collection, that project I launched as a collection. So 100 small paper pieces. Mm -hmm. On the back end of things, on the business side, there's an incredible amount of work to be photographing, editing the photographs, adding to your website, all of that. Pricing, inventory numbers assigned, uh, title, you know, even just during the process of creating, titling a piece, titling 100 pieces, right? Um, inertial guidance ended up being about 30 pieces. So that's still relatively large, I think, for a collection. Uh, the next collection I do, I'm thinking maybe I go, you know, maybe I do limit myself in the number, uh, knowing now what I do about how much work something larger is. Does that make sense? It does, which is which leads to the next question, which is, what are you working on right now? And is there another collection in the works, or is it not come into focus? Excuse well, me, quite yet. Honestly, I'm giving myself a little kind of downtime because I, I've just gone through that whole frenzied uh, stage of the exhibit, which ended up continuing through December. Uh, in fact, it's still up on the walls, you know, when people have wanted to see it, I've gone over and I've met them so that they can see it. Also through that, I was doing a pop-up of all of my other work. So I set up a whole little retail pop-up um, in an area of the space that's a little bit separate from, from the exhibit. It's kind of an alcove. So I kind of set up my own little pop-up store. So that was a ton of work through the holidays. So I'm really just trying to take take a breath and <laughs> like meditate on all the incredible things that have happened. I was also invited to exhibit in Boston in October and it was a very quick turnaround, but what an incredible experience that was. So right now it's the beginning of a new year. Uh, 
whether it was the beginning of a year or not, I think I would still be just taking like a breather and kind of uh, allowing the creative, uh, you know, fodder kind of boil up again and uh, really taking in uh, what I've what I've accomplished in in the last couple of years and what direction I want to go in. And I guess, you know, I'm just kind of working in watercolors right now in my sketchbook. I haven't really put any paint to canvas yet this year, but it's coming. <laughs> it's coming for sure. Um, I also have a workshop in soul-fueled expressive watercolors scheduled for the end of January in the same space where I have been exhibiting because it's so beautiful. I thought this is, this is crazy. This space is so beautiful. It's such a beautiful energy. What a place to create, actually create and have others create. So I'm really uh, looking forward to that. I just announced that this week. So I'm still kind of um, doing my little bits of marketing pieces that go in for that. So that's really what I'm concentrating on this week. Uh, but again, like you said, the painting every day. So sketchbooking right now. And that's always a good way for artists to stay in the game, to stay uh, really practicing and creating when you need that little bit of downtime. Uh, getting out in nature is really helpful to me when I need that headspace to kind of clear, clear the junk and allow you know, I keep saying space, but it keeps coming up. The space uh, to kind of clear out, to welcome a new energy, new creative energy in for the, whatever the next uh, collection will be. And I'm not really sure what the next collection will be, whether it will be another abstract collection, whether it will be seascapes or nature-inspired landscapes. Um Floral, I've done a floral collection before and people love, um, lo people seem to love the florals. My mother, my mother always says paint flowers and my father always said uh, paint more seascapes. <laughs> so <laughs> I, if I was to listen to them, I would go one, one of those two directions. But honestly, like I absolutely love creating abstracts. I, uh, I really do love that. And then also on my plate right now is my first commission of the year, uh, which happens to be an abstract landscape for um, one of my collectors who wants something bigger for their uh, the condo that they have in Florida. So I'm excited about that. It's um, for my friends. And uh, that's always special when you get to create for somebody that you really care about. And I love these people. So, so I'm really excited to start my way, my, my year in that way. It is. Um, and I love so much that I sort of caught you in the, in the in-between space where you can just be honest about like, I don't know. And that's so that. good instead of like, no, I've got like the next six years planned out. Here we go. <laughs> uh, that's just, you know, that's so much pressure on yourself, isn't it? <laughs> that's too much pressure. It is. it is. No, I love the space where it's like, I don't, I've just, I need a minute and I'm taking a minute. It's so healthy and wise. And um, if anyone is listening and they, uh, my people tend to be 
uh, extremely creative, but for some reason, mm. and I've done this myself, um, painting is really intimidating. Like you, you don't want to waste it, um, which is a weird sensation. Uh, so can you talk a little bit about if someone is afraid to pick up a brush and start painting or afraid to sort of begin making art, not even selling it, just making it? Um, talk, can it's just it's kind of funny that you just said that because literally one of the lines in um, the copy that I put together for my workshop is, you know, there's no experience needed. You just need the, I guess, to be brave. You just have to have, you just have to be brave enough to explore your creativity. Look, what's going to happen? It's paint. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like I mean, survive. <laughs> you know, it's not going to be, if you pick up a, pick up a paintbrush or pick up some pastels or even some crayons and start going at a canvas or a piece of watercolor paper or for goodness sakes, I've created on boxes or cardboard that I get from, if you're worried about the, you know, don't make everything so precious that you can't do it. This is what life is about. I mean, if you're not, you know, I don't know, allowing yourself to be or do what you want. You know, if you're feeling that you want to create, stop being scared. Just stop it right now. <laughs> Just knock it off. <laughs> because, I, you know, I, I, don't, I guess I haven't really felt that way. I mean, I do in some sense. I guess when I'm using my really good, you know, when I'm using the good, good paints, like my Goldens or my Liquitex, which, you know, are creamier and you know, more body and more expensive. I may feel that way a little bit. I may feel that preciousness a little bit, but not about creating in general, because there's always a way to do it that uh, it does not cost you expensive pain. As I said, I, I've certainly done my share of creating on you know, the cardboard that my canvases have come wrapped on. I, I often will do work on them or just get a sketchbook, just get a sketchbook and you can get some watercolors for fairly inexpensive. Like you got to get beyond that preciousness of things. Um, yeah, I, I guess I haven't felt that too much. So I guess it's hard for me to give the advice, but I would just say, just do it. Like get out of your own damn way. Stop finding reasons not to do something and find reasons why you should do something. And if your heart and your soul is saying, I want to create, then by all means, find a way that you can create and be comfortable with it. Throw judgment out the window. That's what this class that I'm doing is all about, really. It's, you know, abstract, soul-fueled, expression based painting no rules we're going to explore marks and colors and composition and really the way the paint and the water flow and work together and sometimes against each other but there's this beautiful alchemy uh that's what it's all about i just want people to feel that power that creating uh can give to you and energize your life. I mean, it, it's really an incredible, it's an incredible thing creating. It's, it's a blessing for so many people. And uh, 
when you look at the things people have created, a blessing for our world. It's made our world more beautiful. So I just say, you know, uh, take the first step. What's going to go wrong? It's kind of like painting your room. Like everybody's so scared, like, oh, I got to pick a color. I don't know if this is the right one. And we've got, you know, four different color patches on our wall. In the end, okay, you might, there might be a money issue, you know, if you have to repaint a large room. But if you don't like it, paint over it. (laughs) It's it's not the end of the world. It's it's definitely not the end of the world. So let's not make it be any harder than, you know, let's not make it hard. It it doesn't have to be hard and it shouldn't be hard. It should feel good. Now, sure, there's moments where you're you're challenged and you're like, you know, it, it feels more of a struggle, then walk away if you're feeling like that. You know, walk away for a little bit. You might need a break and then come back to it with new fresh eyes. But I just say everybody stop getting in your own way. Find reasons to do something instead of why you can't. I, I just it. think no, that's I a big it one. So much, it's so good. Um, and when people inevitably fall in love with you and want to find you uh, on the Instagrams and yeah. on the internets, where do we send them? So um, you can find me at uh, on Instagram. You can find me at Pamela J Bates. You can find me on my website, PamelaBates.com. Facebook, I'm at Pamela backslash Pamela Bates studio. I know it's a pain. They're different, but if you go to my website, all of my social links are there. You can sign up for my art lovers league newsletter where I keep everybody apprised of things that are going on. If you go to my website, you might notice that I've not quite launched my inertial guidance collection on my website yet because I was so busy launching it in the exhibit. Uh, so that's also something I'm working on at the beginning of the year. I do post them on Instagram. I sell directly from Instagram. If you see something you like, people DM me. I do. Um, I sell on Facebook. So there's there's plenty of ways to find me. There's plenty of ways plenty of ways to find me. Uh, if anybody wants to reach out, my emails hello at pamelabates.com. That will always find me. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. How did you find me? I have no idea. <laughs> um, I'm going to assume it was Instagram. Yeah, I, I think it was Instagram. I think I was having like a big sale, uh, which was a blast. You know, it's kind of fun doing these uh, sales, like just bam, hey, I'm having a flash sale and you put things up and Sometimes I put them in my posts. Sometimes I just put them in stories and, you know, using different hashtags, you meet, you know what it's all about? It's the art is all about connection. So when you're doing these things, what it does is you, you connect yourself to new people. And that's the other thing about like putting your art out there. You know, you meet so many incredible people from all around the world. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing time we live in. Uh, take advantage of it. It really is. I can't wait for everybody to hear this. Uh, it will be March when this comes out. So awesome. check, check and see if she has a new watercolor class if you live anywhere near the East Coast. Yeah, and uh, I'm thinking I'll work on working, say that three times. I'm 
going to be working on putting together something that will be online because I've already had a couple of requests for that. So I'll, I'll be working on creating a video um, with some of my watercolor work uh, workshops online. That is awesome. for the future. Yeah. So didn't mean that to interrupt. Very, no, no, no. That's a very good future to look forward to. I yeah, enjoy that very much. I'm excited. Um, Thank you for uh, for being on the podcast and for playing with me today. Thank you for having me. This was fun. This was fun. And I'm, I'm glad that we connected. I love your energy. And um, I, I love talking about art. So this was a win-win. It was. It was indeed. How you tried to set them free. They would not listen. They're not listening still. Perhaps they never will Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly or not so quietly scream sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format. One gathering a month on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now. And we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.